Gray Fox. Praise games. And welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast that is sweating its jimmies off right now. But I'll tell you what, I've got the aloe vera in the fridge. Mmm, tasty. Join me on the pod today, I've got my souls man, Michael Carden Edwards, like Ric Flair walking down into the arena. Thank you, Mr. Flint. Thank you very much. It is, oh look, it is hot all the time here, so you guys need to stop complaining. Yeah, yeah. But hey, we still know how to have a good time. I tell you, who also knows to have a good time? Give this man a TV, a PlayStation, and a million pound, and you'll have a million pound and a whole lot of platinums. Mr. Alex Hemming, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Uh, sweating all the bits off and sneezing and itching. It's a lovely... I love summer, me. It's a good time. Oh, by the way, I'm also very pale. So, uh, yeah, see, I see, time. this is where I say the same thing I say to you guys every summer. And please say, uh, hear this in Jeff Goldblum's voice: um, um, "Man in sun gets browner." <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, bring it back to another sob: our man in the chair, the the engine room extraordinaire, <laughs> Jonathan Moles. Did he just refer to me as an sob? Yes. 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 Uh, um, um, sincerely. Obtuse. That's you're not getting better. Damn it! I can't <laughs> think of things on the fly. Please send us SOB things that aren't insults to our Twitter account. Anyway, how you doing, boss? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I was, uh, yeah, all good. Look, I can't. I, I don't. It's all a. It's all a farce. I can't host stuff. I just take the last thing someone else said and go. Speaking of which, and say it to another person. He could have said banana moles. He could have said anything. <laughs> Anyway, before we get into the, what we're doing, what we're playing, and everything else in between, uh, I thought I'd put a spin on the casting thing. Um, last week, I believe it was last week, maybe in a week before, two TV shows come to their conclusions, Ted Lasso and Succession. Both uh, amazing TV shows in their own right in different ways. I have to say, uh, both absolutely killed the landing. And I know Michael Cardnett was now instinctively wants to tell me all the TV shows that didn't <laughs> there's, only, there's only one isn't there right yes because we yes. can talk about we can talk about game of thrones and we can say how Dexter horribly didn't. disappointing the last couple of seasons were because the writers went wanted to do star wars which they didn't even get in the end by the way <laughs> sucks to be you um that's so funny <laughs> but no it is it's it's dexter that is, I, I re-watched dexter a couple of years ago with uh, my wife who'd never seen it before and the um, the final season is genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Have you seen it's... the edit of the the full grown man? That's so. There's a child on a treadmill. I can't remember the reason why a child was on the treadmill so in the final so season funny. of Dexter. And the child accidentally speeds up the treadmill, and then the child falls off the treadmill. That's the scene. And when the the scene switches to the child falling off the treadmill, there's a man in his forties wearing a blonde wig that falls over comically and falls down. And then they re- then quickly edit to a kid on the floor crying. And it's meant to be serious. Like It's there, the that, funniest that... thing I've ever seen. The bit where he explains how spyware works will go down as 
one of the greatest pieces of of television. <laughs> oh, it, was it like I can? They can see me. Maybe I can see them. And basically, somehow reverse engineers the spyware to this person. With, I can't remember. With 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 a click of a button. As well. One click of a button. Anyway, anyway, so yeah. that's not this conversation, gentlemen. I want to go on the sunny side up of this. I want you to pick up to. You don't have to go up to, but up to three TV shows that absolutely nailed it. It has the only. Here's the only criteria: the show has to have finished. It can't be like, oh, we're on. You know, it's, we're waiting for something else. Everything else. The show's done. It's over. I'm happy to get the ball rolling if you want some rolling hmm, in a bit of Limp biscuit style. Roll, roll on, roll on. So, uh, show number one. I'm sorry. I know you're probably going to think as well. I'm going to put it on the table. Breaking Bad. I think they, they, they stuck the landing. It's beautiful. It holds up. Mad Men. You ever seen Mad Men? I love that show. It's just, it's incredible. It's on Netflix. There's like seven seasons. John Hamm. What a name. First of all, but what a man. Uh, watch it. It still holds up to this day. It's glorious. And I was kind of torn on my third one. I wanted to go potentially Sons of Anarchy. Um, I really enjoyed that. I love, love Sons of Anarchy. The soundtrack's banging, Mike. You'll, you'll generally concur the soundtrack. It's just basically country songs and rock music. What more of a combination do you want? Um, <laughs> but uh, I know it's probably some recency bias. I'm going to have to say Succession. Um, it was an amazing finale, but the penultimate episode where it's election night and if anyone who's seen it knows exactly what i mean it's probably the finest hour of television i've ever seen in my life um and i've become obsessed with it i've been listening to podcasts with jesse armstrong who i don't have that much of an affiliation with mike i know you love the guy from you know he was the guy who created peep show um yep. to the point where i have ordered all of the scripts for succession they've released them as books because the writing it's probably the best writing I've ever seen on a TV show. Like he, he is literally that guy's god status in my mind now. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my top three. R- Roman is one of the funniest characters, man. And I did not realize until some way into the show that he was Macaulay Culkin's brother. Yes, hey, hey, that, like, it's the sliding doors moment of if Macaulay Culkin wasn't Macaulay Culkin, it'll probably be Roman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, how far in are you? Because I know you started it the other day. It's in it. All of it. Yeah. Oh my days. Why haven't you spoken to me about this? Anyway, we'll talk about this another time. I feel like this is a, a dividing wedge. But but the, the, the election night episode is just incredible, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you, sir. The, the, okay, show, I, the show is great. Oh, just, I, I, I hate the... Um, what's the um, the sister called? I know I'm terrible Shiv. at names. I, I Shiv. hate Shiv. Yes. I hate her so much. But um, but no, it was very good. The the bit where Blank um, dies in the Blank yes. crash was... Um, very blank. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you for uh, the non-spoilers. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. Uh, just, just, he, uh, he, I... he was the best character, man. That Who? guy. Oh, um, blank. Kendall. No, Kendall. blank. Oh. No, because if I say who it is, we'll know, he'll know who goes, oh, goes in the blank okay. crash, right? But blank. You know Pretty what I mean? I'm, I like, I like Tom. I just think he says there's little the little lines which Jesse Armstrong has had so much fun writing the weekend Melbeck morons you know that, that kind of stuff just the the amount of reused things from Peep Show yeah I, yeah there's a I've whole thread show on... endlessly right and there's yeah. the amount of reused jokes and and references they make is bizarre considering they're completely different things um, yeah. <clears throat> well I'll pass I... it to you before it becomes a succession podcast yeah um. I had a feeling you'd say Breaking Bad, so I am going to say, uh, what do you mean, Jigger? Better Call Saul. 
equally as good. Because I, yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm also going to say, and this is just me because I love this show. Uh, I loved House, man. House was, oh, my, yeah. was my sweet spot. That was great. In television. I, love, I named my dog Wilson, for Christ's sake, after Wilson. So, oh, you know, like, I thought it was after the ball. <laughs> um, I ever say, yeah, Wade Wilson, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, the fucking castaway. Um, no, um, and my third one was a bit tricky because uh, I was thinking of like, you know, what TV shows have I watched that have had a lasting impact? And this is going to, are we going to lose cool points for this? Major cool points. I don't think it's possible. We're at negative equity on this already, my friend. Um, friends, man. It's your choice. I mean, the cultural impact. Yeah. Monstrous. I still, the damn, I still quote the damn show, man. And like, even though the later years weren't great, there was still gold here and there. I loved Friends. I've probably seen that more than any other show in my life, other than maybe, maybe The Simpsons. But I would suggest I'd probably seen Friends more times. Do you remember that Joey spin-off show? No, that was a weird yeah, it didn't time. happen. Let, yeah, let's, let's not talk, talk about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah it's like a, it was like fan fiction, wasn't it? Yeah, it was either yeah. I ever was gonna go Friends or Seinfeld because I fucking I've never met anyone that likes Seinfeld as much as me. The, but the last <laughs> season of Seinfeld is really fucking weird, like really weird. But the early, some of the earlier seasons where the whole concept of the show is it's Jerry and George pitching. Seinfeld as a show to the network about them and their like it's a proper like when I first watched it I was like this is what the show's about and then it's like well this is absolutely brilliant like I think I quote Seinfeld to my wife more on a daily basis than anything else I I love Seinfeld it is complete genius and I do kind of judge your sense of humor if you don't find it funny I remember watching I never gave it I'm gonna gonna name drop Lee because he ain't listening to this and I was watching it one day, and he's like, oh, it's not funny. And I was like, You're funny. not funny. <laughs> exactly, you're not funny. Yeah. I will say that I've never watched a show, but I know its cultural footprint. I also know that basically the writers who are part of the producers, and I think some of the cast as well, they're basically the richest people in the world because they, they, they were the first people to proper negotiate ownership of rights and stuff like that. And I know that Rob McElhoney, who writes... Um, Always Sun in Philadelphia basically says they're my mentors. Like they taught me how to make sure I get bank. And because of them, TV probably has changed as a as mm. a result of it, because everyone now has their own deals and stuff like that. The fact that that show managed to carry Jerry Seinfeld as an actor for that long is it because <laughs> that guy is not an actor, but that guy makes me laugh. However, the real the the, the fact that um, Elaine, who start went to go and star in Veep. You know, whatever her yeah. name is. Um, Great show as well. Yeah. Um, she's excellent in it. And George Costanza, for my money, he's up there with one of the... He's like top five best ever TV show characters. George Costanza makes me laugh in ways I didn't realise I could laugh. Um, the the one scene where he does the... the, uh, the have you ever seen the one where he, uh, he, he, has, he records the, the, the phone message? Like the answering machine. I've seen people parody it, but I've not seen it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Honestly, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> On it, it's, it's, yeah, 
Just go, if you haven't watched Seinfeld, boys and girls, go and watch it. Wait, how do I get it? It's on Amazon. All right, all right, fair enough. All right, all right, Hemi, yeah. No, no, your... oh, no, 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 wait, it's on Netflix. Right, there we go. Now. Kids, check it out. And Michael said, I, yeah. need, to watch I'll more up of, now. I need to watch more of Seinfeld because I've uh, I never really got into it because it was never really anywhere that I watched TV. Mm. So I need to, one of those things I need to watch. I it's saw like you. Early you 90s humor. Well, here's the thing. We're about to get into some early 90s humor right now, which leads me into my first pick. That's Blackadder. I loved Blackadder. And I I was looking it up just before this, and there were four series and then a spin-off afterwards, a little special. But each series was only six episodes long. Yeah, it's British. It's just, yeah, exactly. But it's just one of those shows. Six episodes are 10 years apart. Yeah, you think that it had hundreds of episodes. No, it only had like 24 episodes. But now, each um, of them were Monty Python, brilliant. The Monty Python show didn't have that many episodes. Yeah, Faulty Towers only had 12 episodes, mm. I think. Yeah, but it's amazing. And in terms of like endings, the Blackadder Goes Forth ending where they go over the top is iconic and one of the best ending moments in TV. Yeah, mm. I'll put it out there. Yeah, um, on the same theme, I love my sitcoms. So the UK version of The Office is ah. just brilliant. And speaking of cultural impact, that took over the world, that style of cringy comedy, the handheld uh, yeah, documentary yeah. style, um, really so took off because of like that. Modern families are blamed because of that. <laughs> yes, we can blame it on that. Um, and then my last one, another sitcom, uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh, what a classic show. I love that Endlessly one. quotable, yeah. brilliant characters, and the ending as well, going to the final episode, Ron Swanson being the happiest man alive, ordering a bunch of people around a park, and then rowing off onto a lake in his little homemade canoe. Yes. Uh, it's incredible stuff. I didn't like the part, they don't, not a spoiler alert, but they, they do a time jump. Yes, they jump. Like the t- I, like, yeah. I didn't like the time jump. But I ignore that bit. It's fine. <laughs> Mikey. I have, I have a trivia question. Ooh. How many episodes of Mr. Bean were there? Oh, my oh, God. I reckon it's going to be. It's either stupidly high. I assume it was no, live action, be, not the cartoon. It's going to be low. The cartoons had thousands because that's been going on forever. But 16. I'm going to say like 12, like Faulty Towers. 15. When I was a kid, I swear there was like a million episodes of Mr. Bean. And I was like, when it was on, I was like, wow, Mr. Bean's on. And you're like, it's like, it's a new one. 15 episodes. What the There's hell? a reason why I probably saw that episode of him driving a mini from his chair sat on top of it so many times. <laughs> and the one where he's in the park and he and he, he gets the sock. Oh, and makes <laughs> a sandwich. And he's oh. making his lunch, yeah. <laughs> or he takes off his boxes without taking off his trousers. Ah, incredible stuff. What a man, Ron Atkinson. Anyway, Hemming, uh, Hemming, hit us next. What else you got? That that's my three. Oh, that three? is Sorry. my three. Blackadder, uh, Parks and Rec, The Office. Yeah, classic. Mosey, uh, give us. Uh, I'm, give us I'm heading down the comedy route. Um, first one is Frasier. Um, <gasps> that was going to be up there for a five. Yes. If you have a dry sense of humour like myself, perfect. Um, yeah. I I did. I hated it as a kid. My parent, my my dad used to watch it. I never understood it. I was a kid. Of course you're not going to understand <laughs> it. But the same, I watch it now and it's on Channel 4. And my kid's like, oh, this is boring. I was like, I'm, I'm wetting myself. But the same jokes I've been watching for decades. It's... There, there was a period when I used to work in, uh, in, in, a, in an office in Colchester where I used to leave that office at a certain time every day at lunchtime to watch Frasier. 
because there was an episode of Frasier on at a certain time and it was like that was how I'd spend my lunchtime just perfectly aligned with Frasier there you go and it was a <laughs> great lunchtime and it, you know they did dozens of seasons it was just fantastic madly though Frasier was a spin-off yeah off Cheers mm. spin-off of Cheers yeah. yeah which I never really liked Cheers as much mm. yeah, yeah everyone knows before name, you know it's older it's before alright so Frasier Frasier uh Sticking with the comedy route, the in-betweeners. Because ah, it's just fair. cringe. Yeah. It's just cringe and the perils and the journey of teenage boys. Just... Yeah, and it's it's not too dissimilar to our childhoods, although exactly. we're a little bit older than them. It's not too far off. I explained to my wife the other day what a bus wanker was. <laughs> there we go. And there are some iconic, absolute iconic moments uh, and quotes. Um Last one got a little bit tricky um, because they can't really bring it back because one of the cast members is dead. But that's bottom. Yes. Um, black comedy, pure genius. Uh, you know, it was so successful they had stage shows. You know. Yeah. The I would have loved to have seen the those live. Of, they were apparently incredible live. The heart of British comedy. And, you know, it's typically British comedy. Like, I'm kind of glad he's not alive to see Britain now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Mikey, you should, you should get the missus to to watch it and see what she thinks and see if she understands it if she's never seen it before because it will be a I've, bit of a what is this? I imagine I sh- I've shown her the Viz books scene because that's one of my favourites, and uh, and the uh, yeah the bit where we're going to sell a tape of sausage to, <laughs> to the, the fridge. fridge. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, she was baffled. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Well, classic, classic. All right, chaps, we need to, let's start cracking on. So the watching, reading and playing stuff, keep it to one of each. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mikey. Tell us something you've watched or played. Shoot, sir. Um, I'm not going to, I haven't watched anything other than uh, Salute is watching New Amsterdam, the latest season of that. And um, and I called, I called a lesbian uh, happening the other day in it. And I was like, I was like, they're definitely lesbians. Salub was like, no, they're not lesbians. And then by the end of the show, they were lesbians. And I was like, I just called it. Called it. Um, No, but that's, uh, yeah, I'm not really watching, I should say. Uh, Diablo 4 is what Ah, I've been playing. Talk to me, my friend. Um, Diablo 4 is is a very good game. It's a very good game indeed. I'm looking forward to putting more hours into Diablo 4. When you've you've done a massive time sink, I want a full, like, because this is a, a... an iconic franchise that has had its ups and downs. And I'm right in thinking this is probably the first Diablo, probably in about 10 years, that's not had a bumpy launch. Like, it's gone really well. I was really, really happy. It's the only Diablo released in 11 years. Though. 11 years. Well, there we go. That there was, there was, there was the, but the last one didn't Diablo, go really well. No, that was released and it wasn't great because they put a live auction house in where you could buy things for real money. That was a terrible idea. And Diablo um, 2 then, had its problems at launch as well, didn't it? I don't know. That was when I was about five. So oh, sorry. Was, I, I know there was a... That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. They made it awesome. It's, it's launched really well. Um, great reviews. Um, it's very different. And so it's interesting. Um, I'm still working through the campaign. So far, so good. Um, as a surprise one, well, I know you said mention two, Flint, but I'll, when do we listen to what you have to say? No, um, <laughs> um, I'm just going to say this and I'll leave it there. And I'll maybe catch up with this in the next time I do a pod. I've put a number of hours into into Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're, I think, you're dropping the hints that it wasn't. I as, think uh... I'm 
two bosses down, like two things down. So not a great deal, but I've had a good, I've had a goose. I, um, I have no real desire to pick it up anymore. Oh man. And, uh, trying to work out why. Who's going to make the penis man now? You know what, Mike, it's weird you say that. (laughs) I've not picked it up for a little while. Have you completed it yet? No. I've done three of the dungeons and I've, I have enjoyed my time with it, but I've, for some reason, just kind of left it. And I don't yeah. know why. It's really hard to, it's really weird to put my finger on. It's a, it's a very, very good game. There is no two ways about it, but it's not grabbing me. I've done all this before. And the, the annoying thing is the thing they have introduced, which has replaced the thing that was in the last game is not as good. It's more expansive and it's more things to do, but I don't want to play Minecraft in my Zelda. I want to I don't want to every time I pick up a weapon have to put a fucking horn on it to make it better. <laughs> or every time I every time I uh you know fire an arrow, put some jelly on it to make it I don't care about these things. I just want to play the damn game and I feel like I'm spending more time in menus and more time rotating little bits of shit around trying to get them to oh. fuse together to figure out a puzzle that I don't care about. I am I am lukewarm on it, is what I would say. So I, I actually don't mind the the building aspect and the gluing and all that jazz, making the little vehicles and ramps and cool things. Um the the one thing that really annoys me about it more than anything else is the way that your abilities of the sages so in the last game, you had the champions, oh, and yeah, you pressed yeah. a button and then used it, and it did their ability, and it was really cool. Now you've got to run after a ghost version of the sage to talk to them to then use the ability, which just means yeah. you run up, run around in circles. It's a really let annoying... Me, let, me, yeah. let me be clear. You're saying it's really annoying. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's shit, all right? That's what yeah. I'll say about it. It's, yeah. it's all, the, first <laughs> one of our, the first one of those I unlocked, I was like, well, that's not fun or cool or interesting or helpful. And I was that like, I hope they get better than this. And they haven't. And I'm like, well, I remember unlocking the, the champion's powers in the first game. And I was like, wow, man, the one way you can fly up really high, that's awesomely useful. And it combines with game. the controls I've already got. Oh, look, the one where I've got a shield around me, that's really bloody useful. The one where I come back to life if I die, that's really useful. The one where I use the fucking lightning storm to destroy oh, the big fucking awesome. rock dudes, that's really useful. None of these things are you. I'm, I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> the only one that's mildly useful is the one that gives you a little little gust of wind behind you to let you glide a bit farther. But that's, that's the, the first own, one I've. That, no, but that's it's the, the only one that's one even slightly useful. I've only unlocked one more, obviously, and it's like I'm never using that as long as I live. Oh, the little water shield, right? Who cares about that? Yeah, it's it's useless. I've never used it again since. Oh no, man. I don't know. I'm just um. I feel like this was a big expansion pack that I've waited seven years for that is not as good as the thing it was before. Is this a case of you were spoiled so much by Breath of the Wild and its gloriousness that um, nothing can really live up to it? The sense of wonder that I had when playing Breath of the Wild was unique. Um, and they can't read... But Right, so... With this new one, Tears of the Kingdom, I my opening to it left me cold. Because in the first game, you wake up in a coffin thing, you're in a cave, you find some pants, 
you come out of the cave and you've got the open world in front of you and you're like, holy shit, I can do whatever I want. This is amazing. And you have your little tutorial area. It didn't feel like a tutorial area to a degree, right? It felt like, yeah, it, it just like felt like That's the game like and then the it thing. opened up more and it was beautiful. Yeah. With Tears of the Kingdom, I turned it on and I was treated to like a 20 minute cutscene where I've got to follow Zelda along as she dawdles down a corridor for 50 minutes, like forever. Did it say just directed bang, Hideo just banging on a, Just banging on about the artwork on the walls and stuff. And I was like, right, this isn't fun at all. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, and it was just like, this is not really an opening that's grabbing me. Then Ganondorf rocks up and you're like, okay, here we go. Oh, look, now he's got no heart and he's lost all his powers. Brilliant. And then I'm, now I'm in the sky and I've got to use fuse on things. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden they start throwing all this shit at me. Oh, here's your fuses. Here's your batteries. Here's your like slot machine thing where you play a game and like you get balls. And I was like, I don't know what this stuff means. You're, you're assuming a fucking lot here, game. Okay. You've assumed a lot. And like... I never had that feeling in Breath of the Wild where I'm confused and overwhelmed. And I feel like in Tears of the Kingdom, I am often confused and I'm very much overwhelmed all of the time. And it's like, I go to a dungeon now, or like a, like a shrine. I'm, I'm just talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Sorry, Flint. I go to a shrine and in, in the last one, it's like, right, you're going to use one of your abilities to solve the puzzle. And it's just enough of a brain tease to figure out. Like, this one's got gyro. This one's got this. This one, it's like, I go in a thing and it's like, okay, what piece of shit have I got to build to get out of this one then? And I get it. It's great. I can use, I can build many different types of shit to get out of it and brute force my way and break it and complete it in a way that's not meant to be done. But I'm like, I've done this already. Yeah, what's that? I've been part? doing this now for hours building little pieces of shit to carry Korok's twats around the fucking countryside to their little pals because they're fucking lazy, right? Sorry for the editing you have to do here, right? But I'm sick of it, right? I am sick to death of it. Sorry, this game has annoyed me a lot because I really looked forward to this and this game is a... I, I can't stress my disappointment because every time I think about it, I'm just like, I'm annoyed. They, they've, they've screwed the pooch on this one and I'm just like... Ah, ah, mate. Also, why is everything so fucking difficult as well? Like they ramp up the difficulty like a motherfucker as well. And it's no, like, it's oh, it's that's... true because they, they you need to visit the great fairy to upgrade your armor. But the thing is, they you have to find the great fairy, oh, and if you don't wander giant, in the right the direction, giant, you don't find them. Yeah, the giant drag queen that would like assault you. Yes, that yes. one. Yeah, nice. But you uh, have heavy. you have to find them. Well, well, yeah. Sorry, well, sorry, sorry. I, I, have, sorry. I have also been playing like Tears of the Kingdom. I've been, in, I've been enjoying it a bit more than Mike, but I have also just come to a bit of a eh moment with it. I look, it's enjoy. It's Zelda, right? <laughs> it's great when you're playing it, but I can't shake my disappointment. Which is fair. Which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've been playing, and I played it very recently, the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Talk to me about this. So I played through all of this. Holy shit, it's amazing. Really? I, I love it. I am so into this game. I mean, Mike just talked about being annoyed at 15, 20-minute cutscenes at the start of a game and then walking down a corridor. This is about an hour's worth of cutscenes while walking down a corridor. But I loved it. Well, the demo is the prologue for the game. So oh, you play through uh, Clive in his childhood leading up to the start of the actual game I itself. I the demo then because I'll be... And yes, his name's off. Clive. I know, what, I know. <laughs> mate, mate. I I, I think I sat through 
the opening. I mean, I got to about 35 minutes of the opening cutscene where all I did mm. was walk forward for a bit. I will <laughs> yeah. say I was enjoying it, to be frank. Like, other than the weird designs of classic Final Fantasy chin strapped dudes, like, what the fuck's that about? Um, they love that, yeah. Tetsuya yeah, Nomura is a chin strap. Got a, got a um, bit of a thing. I, I was I was enjoying it. Do not get me wrong. Um, the the uh, but I what I did laugh out loud at Clive. They've named the main <laughs> character Clive. Yeah, Clive. Feels like they've got like yeah. a, an ideas box, and they've kept the same ideas box since 1997. And like, oh, Cloud, that's pretty cool. A squire, yeah, all right, fair enough. You know, Zidane, okay. And they're like, Clive, well. They've not steered us wrong before, box of mystery. <laughs> it's going to be English, this one. What's more English than Clive? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Reginald. But I, I loved it. System. Yeah, so the battle system is now, it is very much an action game. You are controlling Clive, and that's all you control. Um, square runs up, you do your combos. Triangle does your magic. I'm assuming you unlock a lot more. Uh, but you can also press R2 and Square and Triangle to do a big super attack. That does a load of damage, takes a bit of time to recharge, and then you can it use it again. Anymore? Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it, has chocob- it has not been Final Fantasy for many years. Genuinely, this is this is Final Fantasy as fudge because it is so good. It's made by the people that made Final Fantasy fourteen, which has one of the best stories of a Final Fantasy game since ten. Um, this I enjoyed the combat. Yeah, I, I ah. skipped because I got to the point where Thank I was like, you. my my brother in law was. My brother-in-law was coming over, and I was like, "Look, I want to just play a little bit to see what's going on." So I, I skipped the rest of the four hours of cutscenes, and got to the like the bit where you fight the dude. And um, gotta say, man, control is like a dream. And Square, it, just it, like it, it, it's like scenes. it's like Houston control of Michael Carden Edwards heaping praise towards a Final Fantasy game right now. Yes, there's a guy sitting in the corner just crying. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Ed Harris in Apollo 13. Just somber moments for himself <laughs> bro I, I remember buying final fantasy 15 and i thought the combat was so bad in that game where i was Didn't like i'm not controlling anything but things are happening what um this one was like wow it's snappy feels good looks good yeah man like uh, this is a game for me which is i mean i found the game of thrones-esque uh kind of stuff quite intriguing the voice acting i found hilarious because everyone's like hello governor which i was just it's just hilarious what a um, yeah when this game goes on sale i will likely get involved because nice. i it see it, it feels good it, right. it is unashamedly game of thrones even to the point where the kid has a pet a dire wolf pup that's going to grow wow. up big um and i mean it, it's gone adult it's 18 rated Ooh, so sexy. people forget that so somebody gets squashed with a rock immediately. Characters are saying fuck all the time. They are dropping F-bombs all over the place. Uh, a lady is almost nailed against a wall. When Just you know, sexy times. Sexy <laughs> times. I'm talking implied sexy times. Nice. And then there's just the giant kaiju battles of like Ifrit and Phoenix having a fist fight whilst falling down a cavern. Freaking Lord of nailed Rings against the wall. Style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and after you finish the prologue, you unlock a little additional section which lets you play a dungeon from later in the game where you've got some more of the powers. Oh, and wow. that's where the combat really shines because you can just play around with the different wind, fire, and uh, earth powers that you unlock. Did and it, it's did... so quick to switch between them. It is Devil May Cry where you're swapping between the different weapons you've got. 
And with so all those good. elements, does it make you think about back in September? <laughs> I remember. I do remember. Do you remember? I do. I do. Okay, let's move it on, Moles. What have you been? What have you been Moles. Well, I too have been playing the Final Fantasy 16 demo, but in true fashion, Hemming has beat us all to it and finished it, and he's got his platinum. Um, of a demo of a game that's not a out demo. Yeah, it's just it's waiting love to it. auto pop when he installs well, it. I, this is a lovely development. We all were a little bit. I'm in an R about this, but it seems like they're they're nailing it. Good good job. Um, good job. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna dust off something that I've I've been getting back into, and uh, just permit me to the floor for a moment on this. Um, I went in down a rabbit hole with Mr. Ed Boone when he tweeted uh, prior to MK1's announcement a picture of a clock ticking, and I almost wrote a, a TED Talk essay to the guys over how I'm con- I'm absolutely convinced this is Injustice Free. And it turned out it's not. It was MK1. Um, but uh, I've already talked. I've waxed lyrical about the the comic book of Injustice plenty of times before. I didn't realise Mr. Tom Taylor has done another Injustice comic called Injustice Year Zero, which is set before the Injustice comic book, which is set before Injustice. So it's the prequel to the prequel, and it's so good. It reads straight into the first issue of the Injustice comic. So. I've been reading the Injustice comic again. And I stand by this. It is probably some of the greatest comic book literature ever. It's like watching your favourite TV show and it still holds up. I'm buzzing for it right now. I can't express how good this comic series is. And I can totally see why the game's just fed off of this and carried on with Injustice 2. Um, how they're absolutely smashed out. Of so I'm buzzing through that. If you are not a comic person, but you have any affiliation with the Injustice brand, Give it a read because it explains all the little things, all the little details and foibles and why certain characters are there, why certain characters are, aren't there. And it's about how Superman goes from being a person who has been tricked into murdering his wife to being basically space Hitler. You see the journey he goes through and it's incredible. Um, Mike, did you ever, have you ever read the Injustice comic yet? No, I haven't. Next time you're in the UK, my friend, I'm going to give you my collection and you're going to take it away with you and you're going to come back and say, Flinty, I had to pay like 70 quid now because of the weight of all that stuff you put in my bag, but it was worth every goddamn penny. Uh, so, uh, anytime when Superman is a little bit a little bit fruity, I'm down to clum. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I won't spoil it because it is absolutely fantastic, but it is up there, some of the best comics ever ever written, absolutely. And a video game time, who would have thought? Um, so let's uh, let's crack on. So over the the summer, we are in the summer games fest, as they call it, or Jack Keeley's lads on tour, as I've been calling it. Um, we've had three events that have happened since the last pod. We done a live reaction to the Sony State of Play, or AKA a lots of umming and ahhing in the previous episode. Uh, we decided to do a bit of a, uh, a summary of the three events. We had Jeff Keeley's thing. We had the Xbox showcase, and last night we had the Capcom showcase. Could have been an email. Um, gents, let's talk about the Summer Games Fest. Did we enjoy it? What games stood out for you? Uh, is this means E3 could come back or E3 should disappear forever? Hemming, what was your thoughts? I mean, there, E3 is dead, and there is no need for it ever to come back. Stop, to be it's honest already with you. dead! Exactly. This this is fine. All right. Um, There were quite a lot of good games that got revealed here that I am very interested in. Um, one of the first one, I think it was the first game they showed of the whole thing, was a Prince of Persia game. A new one called Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Yeah, completely out of nowhere. And as I am a very old man, I remember the original Prince of Persia. 
with a little guy in his white gown climbing 2D up the little platforms and getting impaled on spikes. And this looks like a modern day version of that, but with some really stylistic looking combat, some great cinematic moments in it where he just sort of flies through the air, 2.5D turns to 3D for him to stab down on someone. I, I like the look of this a lot. I really like got my the, attention. The art style looks fantastic, and it's quite funny. I mean, I, Mike, this might be triggering for you, but 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 bear with this, my friend. Basically, after Sands of Time, it didn't do particularly well, and they wanted to rethink about the next Prince of Persia game, and they started coming up with what would eventually be the blueprint for Assassin's Creed. So, Mikey, the reason why this whole thing started was because they were they they lost themselves on how they were going to reboot Prince of Persia, and then they they come up with Assassin's Creed. Um, but mm. I like realized... the Nolan North Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is, is that they they decided to put that on the shelf for what 10, 15 years, and decide right, okay, what's what makes this different to Assassin's Creed? Obviously, apart from I know Michael could give us a long list of all the things that he doesn't like about it, hence why it's different. But the the art style of this looks like it could be a combination of cartoonish. The 2D stuff, the 3D stuff, it's got its own unique flavour and voice now, and that's beautiful. I was really impressed by it. Yeah, completely taken by that one. Um, the other one that has my attention is Alan Wake 2. I was so hyped when that got revealed because I loved the original game. I loved the DLC for Control, uh, and the little hints in that world to build it up. And yeah, saw some gameplay of it, which looks very Alan Wake-esque. Shine the light on the little shadow guys, let them explode, then shoot them in the head. Um, I am wondering if they still got that Energizer money, which is the the weirdest sponsorship dollar, in dollar, video games. Dollar, dollar bill, Joe. <laughs> Gotta get those you soak were, in those monies. You were running around picking up Energizer batteries, and they died in seconds. I was like, how are Energizer happy with this deal? This makes them look like shit. Anyway. Speaking of, speaking of batteries, because I think Mikey was mentioned. Someone mentioned batteries prior to this. I had a prank <laughs> that went terribly wrong. Not terribly wrong. Uh, one of our friends has an electric car. And he was picking me up, to, I think, to meet us for, for a, a, a lads thing. And um, I thought it'd be really funny to say, oh, I got you some petrol money and just pull out a pack of batteries. Um, but I put the batteries in my pocket and forgot about them. And then I was just on a night out just with a back pocket full of batteries. I was like a weirdo. So the more of the story, kids, is that when you have a prop, follow through. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Alan Wake 2 No, I, th- it looks incredible Like Graphically, looks fantastic um, You only play as Alan Wake for 50% of it Which, not sure how I feel about it But apparently it's a way to make it more accessible They're To newcomers They've, Yeah, maybe um, And then, the I suppose, the, the big reveal For the Games Fest was at the end Where they, they did a tease early on Where he went, speaking oh, of Final my- Fantasy you can get a discount on DoorDash with Final Fantasy. It's like, you son of a bitch. Best but they pulled through ever. at the end, and they uh, they showed off Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And, yeah, I think it's 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 got my attention because the nostalgia is strong, and I've cared about these characters for, like, 25 years now. And I seeing see, I need the to know where they're moments. Like, yeah. where's, this, where's this game finishing? Like... There's no clear trilogy at the moment in terms of where they might be taking this. Um, uh, Sorry, my uh, listeners, I'm in my living room and my daughter has escaped the house and my wife has found her and brought her back in. Can you please take her to market? Goodbye. (laughs) Girl for sale. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just 
disclosure, I'm, I'm not disclosure. Disclaimer: I'm, I'm not selling children. Um, I want to know where yeah. they're taking this trilogy. I want to, I, like, I would feel a little bit happier if I was like, okay, and tell me what you're doing with the airship. I, I want an airship. Give me an airship. If you give me an airship, you've got. I'll, I'll, I'll sell you my kid. <laughs> well, in this, in this version, in the trailer, everything they showed, nothing is after disc one of the original game. You don't see the city of the ancients. You don't see the temple of the ancients. You see them get up to uh, Nibelheim, basically. The point <laughs> where you revisit Nibelheim. And that's that's the name of the town. Yeah, no, no, I was just laughing at it. It's just a funny word. Um, it is I, a silly word. But that's as far as it goes. So I don't know if it ends there or if it is going to end at the end of disc how one. How does this trilogy make, make sense if it doesn't finish on disc one in the second game? That's going to be two PlayStation 5 discs long, by the way. Oh, that was a big marketing thing, was it? While some games are going digital only, they were like, two discs, Mother Hubbards. We're going hard on this. <laughs> so I um, on the on the Jeff Keighley Lads on Tour um, parade, I will say this. I really enjoyed having a personality present. I think the Sony showcase showcased the fact of how there wasn't an individual being that friendly face, breaking it down, kind of relatable, kind of funny, dropping hints, trolling us. I really think having good personalities involved in that. Also, I really enjoyed the breadth of coverage. I was I was hyped, man, when I was watching this. I remember I was watching with you, uh, with you guys and, and WhatsApping you loads of... It opened up with MK1, and I like MK. I'm a massive fan of Ed Boon. I think he's a great guy. Obviously, I just talked to Wax Lyrical about the Injustice games, um, but it's not in my soul. Well, I know, Mikey, it's in your soul, these kind of things. When I watched that MK trailer and then the gameplay reveal, this is for the first time I looked and went, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, guys. You're going to have to give him my, my, my gamer card of that's next gen. Like it, the backgrounds were gorgeous. The animation effects were incredible. You can see the speed and the, everything about that. You could not play this on the previous generations. You could not envision that in the previous generations. This looks amazing. And I've kept going sold, sold, day one purchase. It looks so, so good with the new cameo system and everything in between. Ah, oh, well. There's also a very charming, delightful Sonic game, wasn't there? That was so adorable. He is like a 2D Sonic, classic Sonic levels, but with a lovely little chibi new modern art style. That's what we want, right? And it would, it done, like, Odyssey done this, so everyone's copying it now, of mixing the old with the new, but when you're playing the old, the new version of the old stuff, it feels like how you remember. So, like, the seven-year-old version of me when it shows this modern way of it and how, to me, that's what the seven-year-old version saw when he saw that horrible pixelated old versions we can all think of. And it's just done it so well. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, I can't really have to that did, 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 uh, I can't remember, Jens, did you, were you across it at the time? Does anything stick out from the summer showcase? There's the Final Fantasy mobile game. <laughs> oh, that was weird. <laughs> Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, well, Final Fantasy through the roof. Ever Crisis, wasn't it? And it just sort of, it was a mishmash of stuff because it had clips of Crisis Core and then just a lot of Sephiroth. And then the guy from that Stranger's Paradise game was there with Sephiroth. And I'm like, what? what, what is this? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Who's downloading these apps? Well, you can you can pre you can register to pre register or yeah, whatever it was called. That's nonsense. I got no idea. Oh, who who knows? Um, can we talk about Nick Cage for a second? Uh, yes. 
Yes, we can. That suit was amazing. <laughs> it was, and he was the most Nick Cage to ever have Nick Caged on a Nick Cage thing. Where the way he came out was just like, well, I've never been in the medium before, but uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> just like the, it's just the way he came out. And I was like, okay, so what's the, what's the story? Oh, you're Nick Cage playing Nick Cage in a weird scenario in Dead by Daylight. But now we can have, in theory, Nick Cage versus a predator or versus every horror movie icon you can think of. In fact, this is Nemesis from Resi 3. Come on, this is what John you really Travolta. want. Get John Travolta in Dead by Daylight, and then we can have a face-off. <gasps> <laughs> and, and exactly. I want to take his face. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, preachers. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get up on a rod now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I really enjoyed the whole, the whole thing. Um, Hemming. I know you really like this game. I don't like this game because I think you're just basically going to Audi and making your own version of Bloodborne. Why can't you come up with something better? <laughs> but, um, but Lies of P, what's your, your thoughts of it? Sort of I mean, I, I was sold on this for pretty early on because it just looks like Bloodborne sort of aesthetic in a creepy fantasy world. So Lies of P is set in the world of Pinocchio and you're sort of a robot child fighting against giant robotic monstrosities uh, a demo was announced i haven't yet had a chance to give it a go but so it's, it's not it. it's downloaded because it's not gonna be bloodborne i am not expecting you to play like proper bloodborne it's at all because hanging on its coattails and trying to say it's a bloodborne like <laughs> game i mean it even does like the slow motion pushing open a heavy door with both your hands thing that is very iconic to me for bloodborne um i will give it a try and i'll report back i'll all let right. you know Mikey, you for you, Bloodborne is like a religion. Are you happy of this development, or do you not care? Um, there, there, there was nothing at Summer Games Fest that I was interested in. Not even a Sonic <laughs> game. No. Mm. Spider-Man release date. I oh, want a release date, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I, I great. I, I know it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just nice to see stuff. I suppose that's I think, you know, I, think I was just ca- captivated by I, the stuff. I think I was a little bit. Opposite. I turned it off uh, when I was watching it. I, was, I, I didn't really enjoy the guy cheesing his way at the front on the stage. I just, I thought that was just like it annoyed me more than anything else. Just too much cheese. And I just thought, eh. yeah. Fair play, I don't know. I, I struggled to get. I, I struggled to get excited by these things. I think for me, it's like I know Mortal Kombat will be good. I always buy them. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need any more information than that. Like, unless it's like the things that get me excited because I'm of that age are if they play on my nostalgia. And I feel like with Sonic, fine. But unless it's made by those, the, like the, the official Sonic fan club that made Sonic Mania, so it was actually good, I ain't interested, to be honest, because I don't trust Sonic Team to do anything right. So, like, yeah, yeah, I, they released Sonic Frontiers this year. Yeah, I'll wait for that to be released and I'll wait for a review score and I'll wait for a sale. Do you know what I mean? Like, for the rest of it, I, 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 I couldn't care about any of this stuff, to be honest. Like, I'm going to need... I, I've, I've, I, I'm at the point now where, again, it's either play on my nostalgia, so re-release Banjo-Kazooie, or um, AEW Fight Forever, basically remake No Mercy, thank you very much, or um, give me... Um, Give me re- like actual gameplay and review scores. Mm. Don't I? I I've I we we have all had 
so much hype for video games over the last few years that eventually amounted to jackal. Mm. And the hype train, which jacks up massively, everyone loses their shit and worse. nothing is as good as it could be. Yeah. Look at my reaction to Tears of the Kingdom. My expectations have been distorted due to hype. And it's like, you know what, boys and girls? Like, I, people have been disappointed with God of War Ragnarok, right? People are disappointed with Forbi- For- Forbidden Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. People are disappointed by these games because they're not as good as they hoped they would be. And I am just of that stage oh, of my life now more. where unless they are playing on my nostalgia, I ain't going to get excited by a lot of pre-rendered stuff. It doesn't yeah. wow me, like... Well, that does Sorry. that does lead quite nicely into our next bit. So that's 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 Jeff's lads on tour fest over. Um, we then had the Xbox showcase uh, the next day. Now, you know, let's talk. Let's set mute. the scene prior to this. Was <laughs> Mike's mute? <laughs> we had um, we had Phil Spencer do the the podcast heard around the world when it comes to uh, that interview with um, kind of funny. We have heard that sales have not been doing too great. We've heard that studios have been producing subpar products with Redfall and stuff like that. And that the big game plan was, hey, um, all those studios we're acquiring, we might not be able to because of laws and stuff. Um, We have all said, and everyone has said, even the most um, stony-faced Xbox fan, that they really have to hit it out of the park with this next showcase. We need to see controllers in hands. We need release dates. And it can't be coming soon, next year or the year after. Hemming. You actually sat down and endured this. Did it answer the questions? So next year looks like it's going to be Xbox's years, guys. <laughs> um, it was. It was just. It was everything that you joke about at the moment. And Xbox fans, we we mainly play PlayStation here. That's no. That's no secret. Um, but no, but we don't want to shit on Xbox. This was what everybody jokes about. I mean, Fable came out. They announced a trailer for Fable. We saw a logo for it like five years ago or something. Remember, remember we saw Elder Scrolls Six being promoted oh, six yeah. years ago, and we still have so nothing. We saw this logo for Fable, and then it's Richard Iowade. So I'm straight away like, "Hello, this could be fun," but it is purely cinematic. It shows maybe a glimpse of what might be a section of the game, and then just ends. No release date, not even a guess that it's 2024. Um, so who knows when this game's ever going to come out? It looks wow. like it will be funny because Richard Iwade's in it, but when we'll play it, I have not got a clue. The next game that pops up is something called South of Midnight. Very interesting looking sort of stop motion animation. Mm. Uh, sort of in the bayou, a guy playing his guitar. Then it ends. No release date. And I'm like, what even was that? That was just a video of a dude playing a guitar on a pier. Okay, great, thanks. We did get some news for this year. Um, But it's the two games that we already knew were coming out this year. Forza. Starfield and Forza. Right. That's it. And they did a big thing on Starfield at the end. They did an extra additional hour purely on Starfield because that is their, their, their their big one. But there was nothing else really in the Xbox showcase that that got my attention, apart from Clockwork Revolution, which looked basically like it was Bioshock Infinite. And that's that's probably just me having played Bioshock Infinite, but it was a steampunk world. The link seemed to be grinding rails, clockwork monsters. And, and one hand was the, abilities and the other hand was a gun. One hand was abilities, another was a gun. You could change the past, which affected the future, which was just very Bioshock Infinite to me. Um 
they announced a, a cheaper, um, higher, higher form storage space Series S. That was kind of their big reveal at the end. That kind of tells you what you need to know. We're going to swing for the fences, people, with more storage for all of those games to play. <laughs> 500 more gigabits. Well, okay, let's talk about um, Starfield for a minute because that's mm. their big swing. This is literally like the last, not last chance saloon because they'll keep going, but this is the one of the ones in the chamber for them. And I saw social media go, Xbox is back because that's what happens straight after. And then you let it dust settle and go, hmm, okay. Is this Fallout 4 but just looks a little prettier and in space? Or is this the yes. next big thing? No, no, it's it's Fallout 4, but a bit prettier and in space. Yes, it's exactly that. I mean, all the systems they showed. I, I will say this, it looks like it's nearly ready to go. It's not one of those where I'm like, I actually believe that this is now going to come out this year, which is the first time that I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the facial animations are still really jank. They, they took like- the mickey. They, they yeah. did a whole bit, which was a tribute to Oblivion, where in Oblivion, there's a whole quest line where you've got a super fan. And in the this, they brought out the super fan, which was just a guy that looked like this dude. Except I'm like, are those those facial animations that you're doing now aren't ironic? Every other character is doing these facial animations. They all look a little bit janky still. I do know that I'm going to get FOMO with it, though, because I will want to play this game. Yeah. But you ain't gonna buy an Xbox to play it though. I'm not gonna buy a whole Xbox to get it. I'll get it on PC, maybe. Yeah. Do you think there's a world where maybe they do release it on Sony one day, or is it no way, son? No, but I'll keep that on there forever. At least not for a few years. Maybe in like two or three years they'll they'll release it to get a little bit extra cash. But I don't. Mm. I no, not for a long time at the very at the very least. I will say this though. One thing that I thought Xbox done masterfully was um, if you could take the social team and stick that in Sony, you've, you've, you've basically won the console war if there is such a thing. Um, after the PlayStation Showcase, Xbox straight afterwards done coming to Xbox and every mm. game that wasn't an exclusive that was promoted at the PlayStation Showcase was on there. I, I mean, that was kind PlayStation, of, that was kind of funny. PlayStation could have done the same they should for have. the Xbox yeah, one because yeah, a lot of them are on both. Star yeah. Wars Outlaws was yes, announced, which yes. was a, a cool-looking open-world bounty hunter game. But again, no gameplay, purely cinematic, and just said coming 2024. Mm. Give me more. Like Mike said, cinematic trailer does do very little for me anymore. I want to actually see what the gameplay looks like before I can get really properly into it. So yeah, this didn't this didn't do a whole lot for me, I'm afraid. But Starfield does look like it's ready to come out, and it looks pretty good. But we haven't even talked about the fact that on social media, a guy came out and was like, it will have the fewest bugs out of any Bethesda game we've released. I'm the best looking person in Claxton. Who gives a shit, right? You're you're admitting that there's still a lot of bugs in it then, if you're saying that. Like, come on, man. Let's talk about this 30 FPS thing. It's been announced it's going to be locked at 30. Does that matter? Do we care? Doesn't bother me massively. Yeah, I mean, some of the best games you've ever played are at locked lower rates. Mike's right. Like, I don't know, man. I have to come. I have to come in here, right? I, I, I found Starfield, Starfield to look good, right? I think it looks. I think it looks cool. Um, I love Bethesda open world games. They are my jam. I loved Fallout Four for what it's worth. 
because um, I approached it not like a. I approached it once my brain clicked out of this is not Fallout Three, and I approached it. Oh, this is that. This is a different game, and it's a different type of game. Like it clicked. I really liked it. Um, Skyrim is obviously Scope. Skyrim. I loved Oblivion. I loved Morrowind. I love these games, man. I love the, I love these guys. With Starfield, it looks really good. The scope, really good. I expect the jankiness when it comes to the faces. What I find really worrying, and the thing that really worries me about the whole thing, is Destiny Combat It Ain't. Yeah. So I, only until recently when I got a PlayStation 5, was able to play Destiny with you boys locked at 30 fps and it didn't really matter because it still felt fucking incredible mm-hmm. um we've all played fallout 4 mm. we've all gone hmm without vats this is horrible and <laughs> um i from the gameplay i saw of this game com the combat section at that frame rate mm. and at that combat looking crapness i'm just like I feel like they make everything else look good and the combat I thought looked awful. Like, as in boring awful. As in, not only is this boring, but it's not fun because of its hard hardness to control. I feel like the control of it is going to let them down. From what I can see so far of the game, I think it looks poor at that point. Mm. It could excel in all the other areas, but unless they do somehow tack vax, vats onto this might struggle with this yeah i i I agree with that i think there's a a world where they maybe delay and enhance the combat but i don't think they will do i think um, i I thought i think it's in the oven man they can't afford to to delay it again they they literally they'll have to just get it out now because they the the reputational damage it would do to delay it Um, again one one thing that i haven't seen mentioned one not certainly not in this show um the, the 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 interface. Anyone, do anyone get any, any thoughts that. on this? You mean the, the, uh, the menu where you got the little character in the middle and you got the four boxes in the corners? Right, looks that. I mean, that's better than Fallout's, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. And Sky, Skyrim and Fallout's interfaces were horrible. Oh, right? God, just mate. lists of worst stuff, map ever. Right? No, second worst. Yeah. Well, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars: Fallen Order. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the font. Oh, I didn't even pay attention to the font, really. So when you like hover over something, it comes up in a little really thin white line and points to whatever it is that you're looking at. With a, and then it says like, oh, whatever it is. Or, and you get like 15 XP will pop up. The font, I fear we're going to have a Witcher in, in situation here. Remember when The Witcher 3 was released? And over the course of the next six months, they had to entirely redesign the UI because it was basically unlegible on, on TVs. I remember, uh, yeah. I think... I have a sneaky suspicion that this is going to happen because even watching this thing, I was like, I can't read any of this. And I watched it in the highest quality I could. And I was like, I can't see shit. If I'm sitting and my TV's over there and I'm on my sofa, I ain't seeing none trouble, of it, bro. bruv. So like, unless I'm literally sitting in front of it on my PC, I feel like console players might have an issue with this font unless they can dramatically enlarge it change the font and make it actually readable so <laughs> if they just uh, fundamentally change everything about it they should be okay <laughs> yes one last Sorry, thing that's, no, a proper, no, it's, that's a proper nitpick but yeah that's no, good good insights my friend so last uh, the last thing that came out of that showcase though I, I was quite hyped about 
was um, Cyberpunk, uh, Phantom Liberty. We've got Idris Alba in the game, baby. Uh, I hope Keanu Brandon... Reeves looks so happy. <laughs> oh, he's just a happy man, isn't he? I just want to. There's a there's a video of him where he was accepting his Hollywood star and fame, and he just went up to the microphone and went, "I love movies. I love making movies. I love watching movies." And I was thinking, if I could start every day like that. In fact, there's only two things I want to be in life. One is the last five minutes of Bill Murray in Scrooge. If we all were like that, there'll be no war. Or be excited for everything as much as Keanu Reeves is about movies. Um, and yeah, like I say, he, he bought the energy. Um, I, I keep saying this. It's a, I, I love Cyberpunk. I, it's one of the best games ever. It's just such a shame. All the troubleness that happened with it before. Mikey, now you have a PlayStation 5. When it comes available, get your hands on this game. It's, 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 you're going to love it. Yeah, I've been waiting for a sale, but with this announcement of this thing, I might just wait for that because apparently it looks, I mean, it looks amazing because it, like, look, it, for all accounts, it changes quite a lot of stuff about the game as well, right? Like fundamental. Yeah, so it's going to introduce a bunch of new stuff. And I've done the worst thing possible, which is I completed the game. So I don't have an incentive really to come back. But this is that incentive to come back. And it's a shame because there are so many different builds you could do and you fundamentally have a different, not storyline. There's three, there's three storylines and they're all the same really. Um, but like, for example, my guy was a samurai guy. Like he had a sword and he had like this amazing rope that he could pull out of his arm and use it just to whip people with. And I was like, I was basically the cyborg out of Metal Gear Solid. That's what I wanted to build. And basically that's what I got. Gray Fox fucks was what I called my guy. Okay. That's what <laughs> it was like. But you can be the gun guy. You can be the melee guy and all different things you could be. Um, I wish I experimented with that more. This has given me an opportunity to come experiment that more with more weapons. And there's about half the city that's locked away in the original game. They're going to open it all up with more cars and none of the QA problems they had before. Do we have a release date? I don't remember seeing one, did you? Hemming? Internet, tell me. Um, but Hemming... Frantic your, Googling. Your thoughts on uh, going back to the world of Liberty City? Yeah, I, I am glad that I went back and gave it a go after my initial really bad first impression with it, which I think was I was not alone in experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, yeah, like Mike said, this sounds like they're going to change quite a lot about it in terms of loads of new animations, loads of new little additions of quality of life to improve how it the feels. Voice and it's already the bloke. So good. Have they? No, can they? It's, oh, the, can worst. They? it's the worst voice, like... The female voice I had the female character good. and she the was good. The male one yeah. is terrible. He's like, hey, my name's V. Like hearing that voice throughout oh, the no. entire game. And I was just like, it's so bad. But thankfully, he doesn't actually have that much dialogue. It's everyone talking at him rather than him talking to people. Um, but uh, yeah, if they can improve on that, great. But uh, yeah, Mikey, I, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. I do think you'll you'll dig it. Um, but yes, more. And I hope I love this idea of they get like a celebrity to be the voice or the person of a, of a deer. Oh, it was like a season, like in destiny seasons, we have a season. We've got the, ah, there we go. Producer moles. That's, that's why you're paid the big bucks, my friend, 26th of September. Um, there you go. The idea of having like, we've, we've had Keanu, we've had Idris. I now just want Dame Judy Dench. You know what? Put her in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, not? yeah. Go hang out with Judy Dench. You know, Surely the next guy's going to be Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Be the next one's Nick Cage. Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves. That'd be amazing. 
I, I mean, want to yeah. be at that dinner table. Lot, do we know what Idris Elba's character name is? Because Johnny Silverhand is a bloody hard name to beat. I do not know what his name is. Maybe producer Miles will frantically Google right now whilst <laughs> yeah. we ask these questions. I, I, yeah, I. It's a brilliant game, Mike. Definitely get it. Now it's on the PS5. Go do it. Brilliant. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the base game ends up on PS Plus it's at some point soon. Yeah. As yeah, I, I mean, it hasn't been on sale since I've had this console. But did, did sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Did we find a release date? Yes, September twenty sixth. Oh, cool. Then I'll, I will, I will, I will get it all then. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, gentlemen, uh, we are past the hour mark, which means the fox should go in. But just to finish it off, I, I said the Capcom showcase. I will summarize up all the good things for you. And that was it. So the podcast is over. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. If you've enjoyed what you listened to, take the time to subscribe. Because if you subscribe, we know you like it. And then we keep making content you sweet little people love. Um, so I'm going to thank, uh, first of all, the producer, Jonathan Moles, the man in the chair. Thank you very much. The man in the Souls stuff, because he likes Souls games. Mikey, <laughs> I'm tired. It's hot. <laughs> And I have a soul, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, I should have gone from soul to mole. Ah. Oh. Anyway, uh, next time. Pod's ruined. Yeah. Put in the bin. Let's start again. <laughs> anyway, that's on tour. Summerfest. <laughs> Having a good day to you, sir. Ooh, friend. <laughs> Just ending on that. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great. Uh, uh, a, good, a good pod. <laughs>